Welcome to the Unhustle Podcast. In this podcast, we stand up to hustle culture, business, overwhelm, stress, always on mentality, and life in the fast lane. I'm Milena Rigos, and I'm your host today. We believe in challenging hustle culture and status quo. We believe in a new way of living. With this podcast, we hope to help you make a change, find the courage, shift your perspective, and transform your life. We have conversations with top leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, and people who have made a change in their life. It's our goal to inspire you, motivate you, and challenge you to unhustle, claim back your time, get clear on your priorities, connect with your heart, focus on you, and live a happier, healthier, more balanced, and more fulfilling life. Thank you for joining us. Now listen to today's show. Today on the Unhustle podcast, I'm interviewing Cindy Solomon. Cindy has been involved with leadership and customer service for over two decades, and she works with Fortune 1000 companies of the world to cultivate courageous leaders and customer-focused cultures. Cindy is a best-selling author on the topics of leadership and customer service, and her keynote attendees rave about Cindy's infectious and dynamic personality and presentations, and I can speak personally to that. Here's Cindy. Hi, Cindy. It's so good to have you here and reconnect after all these years. We are now recording on the Unhustle podcast. <laughs> Thank Perfect. you so much. Great to be here. Great to see you too. So let's dive into what have you been doing since I last saw you, which was, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And back then, you were, you were, I know you were very, very um, on top of the customer service aspect of things but things have changed a lot and so i want to i want to talk about leadership that you that you're so involved in absolutely well in our back when you knew me 10 years ago and i was doing a lot of work had been for about a decade around customer service and customer service leadership we started to get really clear that that we were finding that the things that were holding companies and people back around customer experience around customer service were actually different than what we thought they were and it was around this idea of courageous leadership and being able to take action do things differently try new things be comfortable with innovation that fails and continuing to innovate so we started to really look into this idea of courageous leadership and it's just been extraordinary um, we've interviewed over 9,000 people now around the idea of courage and risk and successful leadership versus unsuccessful leadership and spent a ton of time figuring out what this thing called courage is and how do we apply it in our everyday work and our everyday lives. And probably the kind of the holy grail for us that we figured out, which is why the company's grown so much, is that courage is just a skill that anyone can choose to build in themselves but they have to target it they have to just like a muscle you have to target the muscle and exercise it in order to build its strength so once we discovered that we started looking at how do we apply that knowledge and learning to leaders and that's when the company and the practice really exploded so we've got you know over 100 facilitators around the world who 
teach our courageous leadership courses. We work with really large companies going through big changes in helping them align their leaders and arm them with the skills that they need to not manage change. I think if you're trying to manage change, you've already blown it, um, but actually leading change. So that's what we do now. So the company's grown. It's, it's been, and it's been fantastic. It's really fun. I love it. I mean, I saw what you were doing. Of course, we're connected on social media. And so I've watched the progress throughout the years. And then when I started on Hustle, I started, it took me, when I started on Hustle, it took me a while to like think of like, what were my little micro moments and what were my little transformational points? And the word courage kept coming up because it does take that courage to, to make a change and to commit to change and, and to and to follow up and to fail and to see that you failed. And so this is the, the courage is what I want to talk about today with you, because I think we can tap into your infinite wisdom and share with leaders and entrepreneurs who are listening to this podcast about that courage piece. So I'm very interested. You say it's a skill, mm -hmm. but you can train it. So um, why don't you walk us through that process a little bit without sharing any, I guess, confidential information. <laughs> no, no problem at all. I mean, my, my whole goal in life, I mean, you've known me a long time. You know, I believe that, that the more you can share information, the more you can, you can help people become their best possible selves, the, the better the whole world gets. And gosh knows we need a better world right now. Um, so yes, I believe courage, courage is a skill and that's what the research has shown us. The biggest thing that was interesting to me is that most people think about courage as like those big things, like I'm going to quit my corporate job and become an entrepreneur, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally change gears as an entrepreneur and start doing something different. And it is certainly those things, but really what most courageous acts look like are the small little everyday actions that start to build that courage muscle that then in turn allow you to lift those heavier and bigger um, courageous uh, decisions. So to me, that was kind of a big aha moment. I think the other thing that was a huge aha moment for me as we've done these 9,000 interviews is that most people think courage is fearlessness. And mm. the big perspective change for me is that courage isn't about not having fear it's being able to take action in spite of that fear. And that was kind of a perspective change for me. And you've been through this too as an entrepreneur. I mean, you've changed direction in your company and done, you know, taken small actions and big actions. And my guess is you were nervous or anxious or somewhat afraid during all of them. And if you're not you're just not paying attention. So that uh, fear is a good thing. It keeps us alive. It keeps us smart. Um, sometimes it keeps us focused. And once you realize that that isn't the, the end, that that's, you really can take action in spite of that fear, that's where you start to change your perspective on what's courageous and what's not. And how easy it is really to develop that as a skill. I, I love it. And I have a couple of points here to make. So one way that I'm building courage in, in my own daily life, which is super, super simple. It's a biohack, but I take a cold shower. Uh -huh. And it's, nice. you know, when you're sitting in the, in the bath and you're trying to like turn from hot to cold, it's that minute of, do I really want to do this? Right. <laughs> 
Well, and you're anxious. And then you do it. You have that frisson of fear, right? You have that little moment. You're like, this is going to be so hard. But to your point that it's trainable and it's a skill, that little habit every morning, I have definitely seen a change in how I perceive much, much bigger things. Yeah. And, and so to your point, it's something that starts on a daily day day-to-day basis and then you can actually train it for bigger things and then the second point is they're actually very there's actually very little difference between um the feel the emotions of feelings uh, and feelings of like fear and excitement in your body right so feeling excited is you feel the same things your brain feels the same things um as being scared or, or, or fear so it's a question of tricking your brain to think that you're excited instead of being scared <laughs> exactly <laughs> interestingly enough right because it's the adrenaline it's the right. you know it's your body reacting to that you know anxiety or that stimulus whatever it is yeah that's i think that's really interesting because it is about tricking your brain <laughs> and when you look at people who do it really well it isn't that they aren't fearful, you know, the guys who like do the free climbing or skydivers or whatever it is. It's not that they're not fearful. It's just that they've created the habit of tricking their brain. Exactly. So, but you deal with some, you know, some large, large corporations and, and powerful leaders. And so I want to talk about how do you take him to make that small tweak? How do you take him to take a cold shower in the morning, you know, and start, start right. training that body or their brain to become courageous leaders? Yeah, I think it's real. It's, you know, if I could cr- truly crack the code, you know, we'd all be millionaires at this point. Um, but one of the things that I think is fascinating is, and, and I wouldn't have believed this 10 years ago when I started doing this work around courageous leadership, But one of the most important things is is ensuring everybody is speaking the same language and are going through whatever it is simultaneously. And I'll give you a silly little example. Um, What we've discovered is when you're teaching people how to build their courage or be more courageous or um, make more courageous decisions, take bigger, smarter risks, if you will, if we can get all of the leaders skilling up against building their courage together, we're 80% more likely to be successful than if you're to do it. Like people normally train, for example, let's say I'm learning a new language. If I go once a week to my one hour class of learning a language, how long is it going to take me to learn the language? Like forever. <laughs> if, if then, if yes, I don't give yeah. up after you know, a couple of months. But if I go to a intensive where all of us are learning together, we're all speaking the same language, if you will, with the new language together, we're failing together, we're winning together, you're more likely to be able to pick up a language. And I, I feel like courage is exactly the same thing. So for companies who say, well, we're going to teach, you know, our leaders to whatever, whether it's courage or whatever else it is, we're going to put them together. You know, we're going to put 60 people together and then we're going to do another 60 and they've only got like 5,000 leaders. It's never going to happen because they never get the whole group to do it together. And I would argue that your unhustle stuff is the same way. Right. If you don't surround yourself with people who are trying to do the same thing 
you're less likely to be successful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So right. I mean, that like-minded community speaking the same language, so, so important. Um, I guess my question with regards to the courage, um, the courageous leadership is why do organizations uh, believe that the, the courage is so important for their, for their growth? It's really interesting. It's they, I think they intellectually understand it. So in theory, courage should help you make faster decisions not get analysis paralysis, have difficult conversations, deal with low performers, um, sometimes deal with high performers. It allows you to more quickly and effectively communicate, move your team forward and get results. So intellectually, everybody understands that. I think what gets difficult about courageous leadership is then all of a sudden those same leaders who know that's a good thing and they want to get everybody doing it, it's really uncomfortable because now people are willing to have courageous conversations. They're holding people accountable. They're communicating very directly. They're right. They're failing more because they're trying more things. And so emotionally, it gets really difficult for companies then to hang with it. And it's your shower example to a T. You know, you do it the first day and you're like, wow, I survived that. You do it the second day, you're like, wow, this really sucks and I survived it again. The third day, you're like, do I really have to do this again? <laughs> and I think that's how companies are with courageous leadership. They know it's the right thing to do, but it's, it becomes very difficult because everybody's doing it. So basically what you do is you, you educate them, you get them to, to take that first shower. And then after that, you support them along the way. Yeah. And this is where your micro moments. Oh yeah. So the micro learning. Well, so yeah. Yeah. Let me backtrack a little bit. Cause I think I got off topic with my first answer. So how we teach courageous leadership is we've broken it down into bite-sized skills. So being a courageous leader means you're a masterful in the moment coach. It means you're great at having courageous conversations. It means you're great at creating inspiring messages in five minutes. And there's a whole list of about 20 skills that enable people to create the muscle memory that allows for courageous leadership. So we go in with our live events to start that process, to help people understand what it is, practice it. And again, it's like that, um, it, it's like that immersion in a new language. We're putting everybody through together. So if we have a client, um, we have a big banking client that they have 5,400 leaders. We'll put those 5,400 leaders through our two day live events in groups of 40, all within a month to be able to get everybody speaking the same language trying out the new skills, testing the new skills together. Then we provide them with support through our micro-learning programs, which is basically like having a coach in your pocket. It's mobile-enabled, one to four-minute videos with some downloads that connect it to the real work. And this is another, it's interesting because even companies doing this takes courage and courageous leadership to bring us in. But then leaders have to show their own courage to say, I'm going beyond the two-day program that my company gave me and now I'm owning my own development. And it, boy, it is interesting because in most companies, we'll only have maybe 70% of people who have gone through the live programs picking up and doing the in-the-moment coaching through their mobile device. 
and you think about that for a second, you know, cause people say, oh, I'm too busy or, you know, I don't have the time to focus on my own development. There's the courageous choice. They're right. choosing not to do it. So for us, it is about those live events that jumpstart it. And then it's about the ongoing support, both via their senior leadership and via our micro learning technology content. What do you think is the biggest challenge then for the corporations who, um, or companies who uh, don't continue and the ones who, who do continue? Do you see, is there any research or, or any stats that you have on how they've, uh, the ones that have continued on that path have changed and evolved and the ones that haven't? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, the results are extraordinary. Um, we have another organization who had a senior leader who held their leaders accountable for the learning in addition to them holding their people accountable for the learning. Because you know what it's like. I mean, we've all gone to the, to the course or to the leadership event or, you know, to the, to went and saw somebody speak and we want to do something different. And then you go back and you get stuck in your email and you can't get caught up. And you've a week later, you've forgotten even what you wanted to do, much less what you learned. Right. Right. So in, unless senior leaders keep it front of mind and are constantly making the language part of the everyday culture, it's very difficult for it to stick. But when it does stick, when you have a senior leader, like we have in this one organization that's been a longtime client of ours, that holds their people accountable, puts it on the agenda item, give me an example of your courageous leadership this week, you know, give me an example of one of your people's courageous leadership, they're being great in the moment coaches, courageous conversation folks, communication mastery, et cetera, their results have transformed extraordinarily from top line revenue growth of 23% to cost reductions of 40% because they're all communicating more directly, more quickly, more easily, using the same type of language. Um, we even worked with an airline recently that because all of their leaders went through the program, they had unintended positive things happen for example, their fuel usage went down in airplanes. Yeah. And we were How like, how did that work? <laughs> exactly. I was like, we couldn't possibly have anything to do with that. Could we? Well, they discovered that the above wing people were talking more directly to the below wing people and vice versa. And so waste went down in all sorts of different areas. Interesting. Um, safety went, you know, safety things weren't happening as frequently. People were speaking up more quickly. I mean, it's been phenomenal. So, you know, you just think about all those moments during an average workday where you think, oh, I should say something. Oh, I should raise my hand. And you choose not to. That's what slows companies down. That always got me in trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I'm not one to. Not now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not one to uh, keep my mouth shut. It's changed lately. Um, I've learned to listen. I've learned to listen Ooh, a lot yeah. more. So, so that's, uh, that's an interesting change. What uh, skills complement courage? Oh my gosh. What skills don't complement courage? I almost think it's the other way around. I think it's courage complements skills. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge believer in you take your strengths and you milk those and hone them and make them even stronger. And I think what courage does is it allows you to, to take that extra step. You know, it's the pro golfer who has a coach change their swing you know, it's taking something that you're really good at and saying, I want, you know, I'm 90% to perfect. 
and the effort it takes to get to that 100%. That's the courageous part. It's not so, you know, I think it also takes courage to go after things that you're not great at, but the real question is, you know, what do you need to be great at to be good at, to be effective and good at what you're, you're doing now or doing, you know, where you want to go. Right, right. And I think the analogy there is probably if you want to be a thoroughbred horse and you want to win the race, you're probably not at the back of the stables, like, um, I don't know, eating the, the lame grass when you can be eating um, full green grass um, and exactly. get your strength, right? So it's that same same thing going on. Well, and I actually think that brings up another point. I mean, it, it connecting really directly to what you're doing is it is about taking a breath. I mean, I honestly, I look at, you know, I deal with 10,000 leaders a year personally during my, either my keynotes or webinars or our programs. And the, the courage that it takes some of these leaders to take an evening where they're not looking at their phone. <laughs> For Pete's sake, take 15 minutes when you're not looking at your phone. Um, take a full Saturday off. Don't engage with technology or with the work. And the people who are able to do that, they're so much more productive. They're so much more strategic. They're so much healthier, both yeah. mentally and physically. And, you know, I'm preaching to myself here a little bit too, because I mean, again, you've known me a long time. So I'm still a seven day a week girl. Are you, know, you really? I am. <laughs> we need I'm, to unhustle you, know, you, Cindy. I need to unhustle <laughs> a little bit. I'm trying. It was, you know, moving from San Francisco to Colorado helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely bet. much bolder is a much uh, more unhustle vibe than San Francisco was for sure. I bet. Um, well, if you're already seeing it with the leaders, which is the same thing I'm seeing, it's, is when you do it's it's kind of intuitive I, and i understand why and it doesn't help that we're all surrounded with hustle culture and rise and grind movement and thank god it's monday since when thank god it's monday is right. a trend right um i guess if you didn't take time off on saturday and sunday what difference does it make you know it's right. monday but um i do see a difference um in people i see in myself that every time you take your eyes away from that screen and you have some time with your own thoughts and you have time to reflect and, and go inside is when you find your strategic breakthroughs and your creative yeah. brainstorms come through and, and all these things download when you're not busy your brain with busy stuff. Yeah. And it is just busy work. I mean, so much of it, is just busy work. And I do think, you know, and I think there's something in here, you know, for what you're, what you're working on, it is fear driven, at least in the corporations that, that we're working with that need to be constantly busy. It's beyond a habit. It's, I don't think it's the addictive quality of technology. I mean, I'm sure that plays into it, but it's more the fear of looking, of not looking busy than it is really just doing the work. Mm -hmm. And I think that that the, the fear of failing, the fear of being called out, the fear of, you know, not appearing to work really hard is, is huge. It's huge. And it starts and, and that fear, it does start with the courage from the top to change. Oh, it, yeah. It's like, you can't expect your employees to, uh, leave at five if you're in the office, think till 11. 
Yeah. And, and yeah, because they all know it's not what you say. It's, it's like with kids. It's not what you say. It's what they see you do. Exactly. But um, it, it, it is a culture shift. I am starting to see um, a few more people talking about the whole hustle culture. I am starting to see more of an outcry, outcry for more well-being and how that ties into actual success. Yeah. Um, and I've seen results, you know, with my company, but also outside of my company. And so it's out there. It's just, I feel like sometimes we, our mentality is in Western society, in America particularly, is so a mass, mass media that, and we, we, we compare um, and we look at what other people are doing. I was just reading a book by the founder of uh, Basecamp and his whole mentality is uh, Jason Fried. Oh, yeah. His whole mentality is on, um, we, we don't create business goals. Our business goal are to serve our customers and to be profitable. And that's our goal. We may not be um, changing the world, but right. we leave that for another company. And I think, I think there's something to be said to that. And he's like, we work 35 to 40 hours a week. We take Fridays off during the summertime. We have a life. Our employees are happy. Um, we have very little uh, turnover. And we're all happy and we're in this together and um, we're pushing the business forward and everybody's happy and healthy. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it can be done. I think, you know, and I don't know whether you find this, but I think it's also, we take all this stuff so seriously, <laughs> you know, I mean, I see people just coming absolutely unglued because somebody didn't send out the minutes to a meeting, you know, it's yeah. like, perspective for a second. And exactly. I think when you unhustle, I think when you put, you know, take a look around you, you go out and do something either for yourself or hope, you know, hopefully for somebody else as well. Um, it, it gives you that fresh perspective. Right, right. Yeah, shifting that perspective is super, super critical. But so many people are just, just feeling stuck, which is where you come in with, with, the, with the courage. Um, because if you're seeing that with, with all of these hundreds of people that you're working with, clearly business leaders would want to tie results and performance and um, achieving some kind of goals and stocks to to the company and that's where the courage comes from um which is like really the first step in the unhustle roadmap is having that courage and that mindset to, to shift right. that 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 uh, perspective um let's talk a little bit more about what are some um let's uh, let's look at some interesting case studies that you've had what's like the the most unique company you've worked with or the most unexpected results. I mean, the, the airlines was, it was a great example with, with the, the gas, but what are some of the, um, some of the unusual industries that you work with? I know you work with all the banking and finance and pharmacy. Well, we work, yeah, we work all over the place. We have, you know, medical clients, banking, airlines. Um, we just recently are working with a very large, um, uh, uh, tire, store chain, let's call them, um, very large, you know, huge conglomerate, um, working with all their store managers. And I have to tell you, it's, you know, it's part of the coolest thing about what I do is it's so rewarding because you'll be in, especially when I don't do a lot of the two day live events anymore, but you'll, when I do get to do those now with my facilitators, you will see people 
you know, who just a light bulb goes off for them and they realize that they are actually in charge of their own abilities. They're amazing their own development. <laughs> they are, we had a gentleman in one of these courses and these are tough guys and they're primarily men um, because they come up through the ranks from, you know, being the mechanics and then doing the breaks and everything else and then up into store management. And these are some pretty tough folks. And uh, one of the gentlemen, he'd been a manager in a store for, I don't know, something like 25 years. And he, at one point during the, the two days, toward the end of the second day, he stood up and we were asking what were their aha moments. And he stood up and he said, you know, I don't think until today I realized that the people who work for me, their careers are really in my hands. And that it's really up to me to help them achieve all that they can achieve for themselves, for their families, for their kids, for their grandkids. And he got really teary because he said, I've just been trying to hit the numbers. And I kind of forgot that I am a leader for a reason. I'm not a leader to the numbers. I'm a leader to people. And I've been doing it wrong all these years was the other thing he added. <laughs> so it's those perspective changes that then, and that's great, you know, that's so fulfilling for, for me and the facilitators and for the content that we've created, but, but where it gets really important is then creating the habit because it's great to have the aha moment, but it's then, you know, it's, I have the aha moment. I need to get in better shape. Great. I have had that aha moment, but then I got to, you know, do something about it and right. create the habit of going to the gym or create the habit of running or create the habit of biking. So in my mind, it's the most interesting clients are the ones who figure out that they all together can create the habit together to get to the end result. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, you know, those are the most fulfilling to me because to your point, it affects everything. It affects how they interact, not just with each other and the business and the results, but how they interact in the world. We've had people come back years later to follow up courses and said, you know, this changed how I parented. You know, when I started to realize that we all have courage, my kid had courage, I needed to figure out how to create muscle memory around that and help them build their courage. So it's not just in work, it's, it's everywhere. And I think looking at, you know, you're talking about some of the interesting case studies. The most interesting case studies are when the CEO or the C-suite executive is willing to fail a lot as they're learning how to do this and allowing, showing that vulnerability to their people so their people know that failing is okay. Right. That's what holds leadership, senior leadership especially, they're terrified of making a mistake and not, you know, looking, and looking stupid or looking like they don't know what they're doing or not being perfect at something or not having all the answers. And that's usually then the behavior that's replicated throughout the organization. Right, right, yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, how do you define success for yourself? For myself? I'm gonna learn more from you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> success for me, it's one of those catch-22s, and I think you know this as an entrepreneur, I love what I do. Um, and I've been very blessed that I've worked really hard and I've built a nice size company and. I am, you know, probably more successful than I want to be sometimes, um, just because it's a lot of things to juggle. But success for me is finding a way to continue to do that, but to take better care of myself around it as well. 
Um, you know, cause I'm of a certain age now where, you know, flying a hundred thousand miles, uh, you know, is not as easy as it was when I was 35. So how do I, and, and most of what I do, I do because I love it and I'm joyful about it. Um, but how do I find a way to be, uh, disciplined enough to unhustle a little bit around that? Yeah, and you're a typical you're a typical CEO entrepreneur who I talk to who's in that category of of achieved I'm gonna call it financial success or career yeah. success, um, but now what? Or I've achieved financial success, but I haven't taken care of myself. Mm-hmm. I actually have a coaching uh, call tomorrow with somebody who's very very successful. He's like, I've made a lot of money, but I don't take care of myself and how do I age better and how do I make sure I'm here for my family for longer time period? Um, and how do I design a life that uh, fulfills me? Yeah. Right. Because you know, as of course you're an entrepreneur, you're going to love what you do. Otherwise you change it because you're in control of your own destiny. But I think, the other piece, that that whole holistic well-being piece, uh, to me, is part of the success. Absolutely, and it's going to be different for everybody, right? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because as an entrepreneur, it's um, it's ironic that a lot of entrepreneurs are like, and I'm sure this is in your client base as well. We are not great at taking care of ourselves because we are so focused on reacting, we're so focused on the business. And the irony of that is the reason we got into our own businesses was so we could do that. You know, how many wannabe entrepreneurs do you talk to a corporation saying, you know, I want to have control over my life. I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, good luck with that. It's, it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, so yeah, it's, and it is about, it's about that self-discipline though. It's making and going all, circling all the way back to your shower story. It's yeah. making little everyday decisions because it's not the big decisions. I don't have to be in perfect shape in a week. I just need to go to the gym today, you know, and realizing that it's just those little bite-sized pieces. Well, let's unhustle you right now. What's your morning routine like? So morning routine, get up, do, you know, do the coffee thing. And I'm to the desk by 6.30 a.m. because that's my best like focus time. Okay. Um, And then usually I I poop out around this time because it's four it's four forty p.m. here on, in Mountain Time, um, and this is usually when I will try and go work out when I mentally my you know I have Jello up here and I can go and yeah. uh, do something brainless if you will. And are you going today? I am going to try to. Yes. There you go. <laughs> there I go. See. But now it's just a question of just like the courage, right? It's just a question mm-hmm. of now you got to do it. It's a skill. Yeah. It's a habit. You got to build a habit. that habit. So yeah, exactly. It's the muscle memory that, so that you notice when you don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing with courageous leadership. Once you start to do it and start to get the habit, you feel it when you don't. Exactly. So your processes, live events, you train the corporation and then they have the courageous Institute, um, as a supplement, um, Tell me a little bit about that. You bet. So one of the other things that we learned about courage is that, you have all those little moments during a day where you're like, oh, if only I had the courage to. And so what we wanted to create is something outside of the live event, which is our micro learning platform on the courageousleadershipinstitute.com site. 
And that micro learning content is like having a coach in your pocket. So if I'm getting ready to go have a courageous conversation, I can pull up that episode. It's one to four minutes. It'll fully prepare me to go do that or remind me of the skill or um, I can do the download that'll help me literally by hand prepare um, for the conversation. If I need to go into a meeting where I'm pitching something really important and I need to um, gear up my speaking up skill, I'm going to go to that episode the five minutes before the meeting, be able to watch it and prep myself. So what we're trying to do is bring thought leaders of all different veins together so that the people who are subscribing to the Courageous Leadership Institute can get that coaching in the moment when they need it. Because if you had a, you know, something that would motivate you to turn that shower to cold, you don't need it a week from now or three months back, you need it in that moment. So that's what we're trying to do with this, is to provide people with very specific coaching against skills right before they need it. I love it. I think it's so great. Um, and you're going to like this. Um, I have a essential oil right here, which is called uh -huh. Courage Blend. I don't know if you can see it. It's nice. actually called it's Courage like Blend. And I actually That's use awesome. it, you know, if I have like a speaking or presentation or something and I just use it. So it's these little tweaks. It's these little things that, that are so effective. Yeah. Well, and I think it's the other, one other thing I want to mention, because we haven't talked about it yet, is it's, it's giving yourself credit when you do it. Because I think one of the things that we tend to pass over in our desire to get something done and move on is we don't give ourselves credit for taking the action. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether it's for your shower thing, it's, you know, doing a little tick box, look at how far I've come, look at how many days in a row I have. But something visual or even saying it out loud that, you know, okay, I kind of rock because I just did that. Yeah. Or being surrounded by people who are also giving you that feedback really helps as well. But I think building the muscle, it's like if I was going to go out and decide that I wanted to run a marathon and I was going to train for that and I could run three blocks, you know, I would be like, you know, I suck. I'm never going to do this. I'm not doing it again. Instead of congratulations, that's three more blocks than you trained yesterday. Exactly. So, a lot of it's that story in your head and what you're exactly. telling yourself. Do, yeah. do you ever work with um, the type of like affirmations, manifestations, visualizations, stuff like that from a client? I mean, I completely believe in them and I believe that they are incredibly helpful, but it's not part of our um, specific skill building and training. Although one would argue great leaders are doing that for themselves and for their people all the time. Right, so. right. But it's not something specific within our training, yeah. Yeah, I'm not um I'm not trained in that, but I have been getting a little bit more into um I'm gonna say into affirmations, which you know it's a little woo-woo for me, but I, I do get I have been getting into it and I do yeah. see a difference. So Yeah. I tell you where if you wanted to do a little experiment, one of the the things that we did with one of our clients is to put a post-it note up on your mirror that you see or somewhere where you see it first thing in the morning with the one or two things that you want to get accomplished that day. Um, we had somebody recently who put it on as their screensaver on their phone. It and works. The, it works. The, you are so much more productive against those things. I've, yeah, I've done it. I've done yeah. it with, I don't do it that much with uh, things to accomplish. I do it with more of a, um, like courage or like perspective right. shift or, or more of a reminder. And it, they absolutely yep. work. Yeah, I swear yep. by them.
uh, something that this was years ago, but uh, somebody that we were working with, um, he had a, he was a C-suite executive and he was a, he did not like to listen. It was not, did not come naturally. He'd spent years not listening. It was a hard habit to break. And he put that on a screensaver and had post-it notes all over. And within a couple of weeks, people were like, wow, what has happened? And it wasn't like we did any deep psychological. I was like, put a post-it note on it, put it on your phone. And it was amazing. It was, the results he started were listening. That's yeah. funny. Um, Cindy, um, is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have? No, that was, this is awesome. Just you and I like normal. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The Unhustle podcast is, there's a lot of that in it. Um, okay. How can uh, people, before how to people get, get in touch with your question, um, what it would be the one thing that you would tell um, hustling entrepreneurs and business leaders that they can do? It's the same thing that we tell all of our attendees, which is take a pause. Sometimes a pause is simply as long as a breath. I love it. Take a pause in the morning. Don't pick up your phone and look at your emails before you're even out of bed. Take a pause before you respond to an email or to something somebody says. And literally all you need is that breath to enable your brain to slow for you to make a conscious choice instead of just a reactive choice. And so that's one thing. The second thing I would suggest is to understand that everybody has a courage muscle, every single one of us, but we have to make the choice to target it and build it through starting with those small actions and giving ourselves credit for them and then building our strength from that. Well said. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. So final question, where can people get in touch with you? And I'll link all these things in the notes. Absolutely. The Courageous Leadership Institute, courageousleadershipinstitute.com. All the information for our live events, my keynoting, our webinars, and most importantly, our micro learning programs are all there at the courageousleadershipinstitute.com. And your TED Talk. I'll and link my to TED that talk. as well. Yeah. And your TED Talk. Congratulations on your TED Talk. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cindy. It was so great to see you and connect after all these years. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Back and at you. I'm going to be, keep, we're going to keep in better touch now because I need to unhustle. <laughs> Absolutely. And I need courage in everything I do. <laughs> there you go. Perfect relationship. Yes. Thank you so much. Have a great day and go to the gym. <laughs> I will. Thanks so much, Anne. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unhustle podcast, a place where we have real, unedited conversations with inspiring people. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Connect with us at unhustle.com and sign up for our email newsletter so we can send you more tips to live unhustle. If you know someone who needs to be on this podcast as a guest, let us know. Share this podcast with a friend and leave a review to help more people find it. We're counting on you to tell people about the Unhustle movement, a new way of living. We look forward to hearing your story and how we helped you change your life.